I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode of The Dairy Edge, Mark Plunkett gives us his top tips on how to lift soil fertility and grow more grass in 2019. But first, I asked him about the 2018 National Soil Fertility Report. If we maybe look back a little bit, maybe in the last 10 years, um, Emma Louise, um, I suppose up until 2016, we had seen a little improvement in terms of soil fertility. The majority of our soils were, you know, it was approximately 10% of our soils optimum for PK and lime. But since 2015, we have seen uh, very good improvements in terms of soil pH. Um, mainly in uh, the tillage areas and also on on dairy farms. And that has resulted um, in that there's approximately 20% of our soils with optimum PK and lime on tillage farms and dairy uh, has grown to 18% in 2018. You mentioned lime, say pH, and that, that's obviously coming from lime. Is there a huge increase in the level of lime spreading across the country? Um, well, I suppose we're getting sort of a, a double dividend in terms of lime, in terms of soil fertility. Firstly, it's improving the, the soil pH, and also it's improving soil P levels. We have seen, I suppose, early indications or positive improvements in terms of uh, soil P and also good improvements in 2018 now it's only one year improvement but getting back to the usage of lime yes most definitely we have seen a a significant increase in the use of lime in the last five years the the usage has increased by approximately 200,000 tons per year compared to the previous um five years and i suppose that's that's um you know by applying the extra lime uh, we we ran a campaign back in 2013 with a focus um, to um, improve lime uh, along with with P and K and most definitely um, both advisors and the industry have taken the lime message on board. Um, I say we are now seeing good improvements um, since about 2016 in soil pH levels. And I suppose on a practical level, if we if we look at lime and pH, what does it actually mean, say, where you have optimum, optimum pH in soils? Like what are the... What is the reason behind it? And I guess, what are the benefits, um, you know, when the soil is at the correct pH? I suppose the first, I suppose the first one is, is nutrient availability. Um, lime, um, by maintaining the, say, the pH at, say, 6.3 on mineral soils, we increase the availability of soil nitrogen. So we get more nitrogen cycling in those soils in terms of the, it's more biologically active. So we can release up to 80 kilograms of N per hectare per year. Like we're literally we're using both the organic nitrogen in, in terms of slurry and also bag fertilizer more efficiently. The second, I suppose, big area, Emma Louise, is phosphorus. Phosphorus is quite sensitive to soil pH, and by again maintaining our soils in that neutral zone, we can actually make more soil phosphorus available. We can actually increase the availability of the soil P. And secondly, we also increase the efficiency of use of of bag and organic pea as well. And I suppose the resultant effect is that we can grow more grass by basically um, increasing the the availability of such major nutrients as NP and K. And we're we're looking at a production gain there of about a tonne of dry matter per hectare per year by just maintaining the pH in that optimum range of 6.3 on mineral soils. 
And I guess, you know, when, when we reflect on spreading Lyme and the cost of it, it's so cheap. It's nearly an open goal in terms of achieving higher grass production on farms. And I, when we move on then to soil pea and, you know, you've mentioned that improving pH status on farms will will improve, um, I suppose, the soil pea availability. But there's been some new regulation um, around phosphorus. Can you explain what that would mean for farmers? Yes, um, M. Louise, in 2017, uh, the nitrates directive was reviewed. And again, there was major changes around the, the pea limits. I suppose that the big, big change was that slurry is now removed from the pea calculation from the whole farm pea chemical allowance. That's quite significant. Like it's given us back about between 8 and 11 kilograms of pea per hectare, um, depending on what part of the country you are in. Um, I suppose the, the other big change there... Um, where we put slurry uh, back, where we target slurry on uh, soil pea indices of one and two, its availability is reduced by 50%. And again, that allows us to bring in more chemical phosphorus onto the farm. Like for example, if we take a farm stock at two livestock units per hectare, we can bring in an additional four kilograms of pea per hectare. And that would be quite significant in 2019. I suppose the other big change there is that for intensive uh, grass-based livestock farms, um, we have additional phosphorus in terms of soil pea buildup. So again, you know, if these are for farms where there's a big demand for grass and we're trying to build uh, soil pea levels rapidly, there is an additional 30 kilograms of pea per hectare at index one and 20 kilograms of pea per hectare at index two. And again, quite significant for the current year um, where there will be limits in terms of farm pea allowances. And like if, if we consider a farm that's in, say, soil index one or two for phosphorus and, you know, there's those higher build, build up allowances, what sort of impact will, will we see in terms of, um, say, additional grass production? Again, in terms of additional grass production, we are looking somewhere in the region of about a you know, between an index one and an index three in terms of soil P, we're looking at uh, somewhere in the region of 1.5 to 2 tonnes of extra grass dry matter per hectare per year. So it's a quite a significant lift in terms of, of production um, where we use the additional P to build soil P levels over the next uh, three years. And I suppose we can't underestimate the the, the importance of P um, um, for our soils. Um, listening to Stan Lawler at the Grassland Conference, he mentioned that, you know, if you think of soil fertility as the engine of your car, um, P is the ignition and that's what kickstarts everything. So it's, it's really, really important in our soils. Absolutely. P is, is very, very important in, in the springtime in terms of kickstarting grass growth. Very, very important in terms of tillering and rooting. And absolutely, it's the, the ignition that, that drives production um, in terms of, of grass production. Have you a comment to make on, you know, we would have fed a very high level of, of concentrate feed on farms. What way will that affect our P allowances for 2019? Yes, um, that's a very valid point. M. Louise, in 2018, we fed significantly more uh, concentrate feed, especially in the east and, and the south, and that's going to impact or reduce uh, the chemical farm pea allowance um, because every tonne of meal that, that's brought onto the farm, there's a five kilogram of chemical pea deduction in terms of the whole farm pea allowance. So in currently, it will be very, very important um, to complete a, a farm fertilizer plan um, to calculate exactly how much um, chemical P 
is available in 2019 and you know it will be important to target slurry to the index ones and twos to increase the, the chemical P allowance as we discussed earlier and also maybe some farmers uh, should be considering uh, applying for the extra soil P in terms of P buildup where high levels of meal, meal have been fed in 2018. And then if, if we um, take a look then at potassium levels, what sort of potassium levels are we seeing on dairy farms across the country? Again, um, we're seeing that the majority of our soils um, is at um, index one and two. And um, um, up until this year, um, especially on dairy farms, the index one soils had increased by 50% since 2014. And I believe... Um, we are growing more grass, we're utilising more grass, and it tends to be, I think, where the K, the reason for this decline in, in soil K is that we're taking off high quality bale silage and we're possibly not putting back, you know, the correct level of potassium, especially because um, there is significant removal of K in that high quality um, bale silage. Like, for example, if we take, say, four bales of uh, of silage off, we want to be returning somewhere in the region of a thousand to maybe twelve hundred gallons of um, good quality cattle slurry to ensure that our, our K levels remain in check or in balance. And like, I guess my my next question then for you, like, I mean, you, you've answered some of it in terms of how much we need to put back on based on our offtake. Um, th- there's a much higher offtake from bales versus, say, cows grazing. Why is that? Correct. Well, if, if you think about it, the animal is recycling the majority of P and K back through the dung and urine, where if you take out, you know, you, you, you remove the grass, you remove, you're removing, you know, significant amounts of both P and K, um, you know, either, either in, in you know, as, as bale silage, like, like just to give you a figure there, like every ton of dry matter, there's approximately four kilograms of P and 25 kilograms of K uh, per ton, you know, so you know, where, you, where, we, where, we, where we cut the grass silage, we're, we're removing the whole crop and also removing significant P and K in that crop. And I suppose to be super critical about it, Mark, um, if we look at, you know, what you're saying that, you know, there are more, um, there's more soil falling into the category of one and two, like, is it acceptable where we have no limitation really on what K we spread? Is it acceptable for us to be so low um, when we look at potassium levels? Well, I think I think we, we need to look at maybe from two angles. The first one, um, maybe the grazing ground. Um, if we are um, intensely stocked, um, you know, pushing grass production, we most definitely should be at index three in terms of, you know, growing that grass and utilising the nitrogen as efficiently as possible. If we're maybe maybe lowly stocked, maybe not as intensive, possibly index two is fine in terms of, of the system. But the other, the other side of the coin is that on the silage ground, I would you know, strongly advocate that we should be at index three, whether we're intensive or lowly stocked, because we want to maximize uh, grass silage and we, you know, we want to maximize the, the winter fodder, you know, in that first cut as efficiently as possible. So on the, on the silage ground, um, most definitely index three, that's where we should be. And as you say, there's no limits in terms of, of K, in terms of what we can apply as we have with phosphorus. And finally then, Mark, if we just consider the year ahead, um, you know, some people will have maybe a third of their ground co- uh, covered with slurry and two thirds covered with um, their um, early urea. For um, for their year going forward, what are your top tips for farmers to optimise and get full value out of, I suppose, fertiliser and, and soil fertility? 
Well, I suppose my, my top tip, uh, MLOEs, would be number one, um, as we speak, we, we should be all aiming to complete a farm fertilizer plan. You know, we, we need to figure out, um, you know, where the slurry needs to go um, in terms of, of using it as efficiently as possible. And then, you know, preparing a, a list of, of suitable fertilizers. And on the grassland side of the house, if we think of the grazing ground, we should be really looking for something like a, an 18612 type product. And for our silage ground, in the absence of slurry, we should be aiming for something like an, an 0730 to ensure that we, we, we fertilize and balance those crops adequately adequately for 2019 that's great thank you mark that's okay i'm eloise that's it for this week's episode of the dairy edge podcast and my thanks to mark plunkett for joining me on this week's show don't forget to subscribe on apple and google podcasts as well as spotify and for more information go to the chagas website at chagas.ie i'm emma louise coffee and join me next time for your dairy edge